0: Thessalonians chapter one tonight, let's get right into the message. And uh, the internet is down, and uh, that's the way I used to preach all the time, so it doesn't bother me. Although there are people that are kind of aggravated about it, but it's it's not on our end. It's on the other end, it's beyond our control, so. Pray that that gets fixed, but we are recording, right? I believe, so they're probably guys, what we can do is maybe put it on the Facebook page as a recording later on. I don't know if we can or not, but if we can, it'd be good. But tonight, uh, this is more of a pastoral message uh, on chapter two, and uh, let's do, I wanna preach tonight on the subject of the Antichrist or the beast in the Bible, uh, we are approaching, uh, I believe with all my heart, end times, no question about that. And, uh, but I don't know whenever the Lord's gonna come. But I, I wanna get this down, because I wanna set the stage for this. And and, uh, and you might, like Van said there, you might wanna write some things down tonight, especially write some scripture references down that I will not be quoting, but I will give you the reference, okay? Um, let's take this down now. A lot of different ideas on, uh, eschatology is a word that they use for last time events. But uh, if this is creation, you come up here to the cross, and this is the church age that you and I are in right now. I believe in the rapture of the church, and that is when Jesus comes back for His bride, and we re- have a resurrection. Those saints that are dead are going to be resurrected. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter four, verses thirteen through seventeen. Christ is going to come. We're going to meet Him in the air. This is very important. I want to give you one thing right out of the, uh, the hatch tonight. When you hear the term, the saints with him, the saints come with him. This is true both at the rapture and, now let's go ahead and draw out this timeline here. Let's say that this is the tribulation period and at the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. As opposed when he comes for the church in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17, We meet him in the air, and so are we ever be with the Lord. We go back to heaven with him, marriage supper. We have the judgment seat of Christ, where we will be judged for our works as Christian people, and we'll live eternally with the result of that judgment. Then we have the marriage supper of the Lamb, all right? And then that's going on while the tribulation period is going on here on earth. At the end of the tribulation period, Jesus Christ comes back in power and in glory with his saints. But here's, here's where a little bit of mix up people get back on. When Jesus comes for the church, he's going to come with his saints. Right. Mm-hmm. What saints? That have died. Their bodies are, they're, they're, they're going to receive, they don't have their glorified body. That's right. But they're with him. Right. Uh, Jesus, when, when a person dies right now to be absent from the Lord, from the absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. And so we're, let's say that I died tonight. All right, I'm with the Lord. And if when he comes back for the church, I will come back spirit and soul yep. with him and I'll receive my new glorified body yep. at that time. So when somebody says, well, we're coming with Christ, but also at the second coming of Christ to the earth, we're also coming with him then. So both place, in both instances, the term with Christ, some people have tried to use this to get people mixed up a little bit. It's both instances. The, people, the, the saints that are coming with Christ here are the ones who have died before he comes, okay? But all of us will be coming with him to rule and reign a thousand years upon this earth. So I just kind of want to get that laid out. Now, let me say, we're going to read this chapter, and then I'll make a few statements, and we're going to just take off through it. Now, first of all, let me say there's no way to get through uh, in one night all the information there is in the Bible about the Antichrist or the beast or whatever you you might want to call it there. But we're gonna read the chapter and we'll go through some things and do the best we can at least pertaining to this part of it. But this chapter is one of the most prominent chapters, detailed chapters about the Antichrist that there is in the Bible. It's one of the main chapters in the Bible on him and what's gonna happen during his time. Revelation 13 is the other one, and Revelation 14 has some. Daniel has a lot about the Antichrist. Daniel, to me, is more difficult than than the New Testament aspect of it. But um, there's a lot about the Antichrist in the Bible. Chapter two, he said, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, upon that basis, which he has just got through talking to them in chapter one, and previously in his first epistle to them, and by our gathering together unto him, he said, because of these things based upon that fact, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. And I, I just want to stop right here and say, I never preach on eschatology, on the, uh, a subject like this or teach it with the idea of trying to instill fear in people. Yeah. Only those who are lost have reason to fear about this issue. And if you are lost, it is something to be afraid of. It's something to, that should scare the daylights out of you because this is the most serious stuff and the most devastating things there is in the Bible. But for the saved, Paul is making sure here that this is not given, to, and it's actually given to keep you from being shaken in mind. Think about that. Amen. We're living in a time when a lot of people are shaken in their mind. Yes. And, uh, and one of the things he was dealing with these was there were people saying this and saying that, and were, well I thought this, one. and if that's not, you know their minds was being shaken. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about this term of being shaken. God doesn't want you shaken. Amen. He wants you steady. He wants you solid. He wants you to know what you believe and know why you believe it. And when the storms hit, he wants you just to be steady in the midst of the storms and don't get, you hear this and you heard this and heard that. You just stay with the Bible. Amen. You just stay with the Bible. And he said, not be shaken in mind or be troubled. And these people, that's kind of what was happening to these people. But in spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us. Evidently what had happened, somebody had written a letter as if it had been Paul and it wasn't. Yeah. They were trying to mess these people up. Yeah. All right? As that the day of Christ is at hand. Now I'm going to stop right here and say is that here a while back I went through the day of the Lord, day of Christ, that terminology in the Bible. Yeah. There's something that really bothers me out here among. Uh, I, I tell you, this, the word scholar makes me sick. Amen. You know, it just. Yeah. It's just. Uh, You you read these guys and they'll say, well, some scholars say, as if that's some authority. You know, you can read the Bible. And uh, right here, right here in this verse is a major issue about uh, last time events that is argued and fussed with among preachers and scholars all over the world. And here's what it is. I want you just to read with me a little bit here. It says, let no man deceive you by any means, verse 3, for that day, what day? The day of Christ yeah. shall not come except there first come a falling away first. All right, he said that the day of Christ, falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. He said the day of Christ is not coming till the falling away happens, yeah. Yeah. and uh, the man of sin be revealed, yeah. the son of perdition. Well, what happened is they got in their head that the day of Christ is here, the rapture. And the day of the Lord is here. And that's not true. It's just not true. Right. Now, here's why this is big. I, I probably don't have a book in my library of men, supposedly, you know, guys who really know the Bible. And I'm talking about some people, if I say their name, you'd say, well, he's a, he, he's a solid person. I don't know that I've got a book. Well, what they say this, that is an unfortunate translation, they say. Then it should have been day of the Lord not day of Christ. That's not true. That's exactly what it's supposed to say. And let me tell you why I'm gonna say this again in case you forgot forgot what I said was, why did God say in some places day of Jesus Christ or the day of Christ and in some places say the day of the Lord? Can you think why would he say that? Because see, here's what happens. When you start building your doctrine or your theology upon things that you kind of maybe heard or whatever, you're gonna look for ways to fit that into the Bible as you're reading it. That's called preconceived theology that you try to make the Bible fit your mind rather than your mind fitting the Bible, and that's dangerous. So what happens is they're told these things, and when something don't fit, then they've gotta come up with some definition or some reason why it doesn't fit and change it all around. And to the man that I know about, Guys that, you know, uh, that I, uh, books that I have, they'll say t- that the day of Christ in verse number two is an unfortunate translation. That is not true, ex- it means exactly what it says and, me- and it says what it means. The reason for that is God wants you to know something, that Christ is the Lord. Amen. The day of Christ, day of the Lord. Amen. And to just arbitrarily take out and say, oh, that means the rapture of the church. So here's what happened to him. They had previously decided that when it said "day of Christ" before this, that that meant the rapture of the church. All of a sudden, they come to this passage of scripture and it says "day of Christ," and they read it and it says, "Oh, that day's not going to come till the fall way of the church and the man of sin be revealed." Mm-hmm. Ooh, that means the, the church will be going through the tribulation. They throw their theology crazy, so they started twisting scripture around to make it all fit for them. Don't have to do that. Day of Christ is the day of Christ. Now the day of Christ starts here, not here. The day of Christ is when Jesus comes back, conquers, rules, judges, and reigns for a thousand years. That's the day of Christ. That's his day. A thousand years is the a day, a day of a thousand years. And I could just take, and we did that here a while back if you happen to be here. So I wanna lay that out. Now let's continue to read. So it means what it says, there's not a mistake there. And there's no mistakes in this Bible. Amen. They just some Reggie's got mistakes, but his Bible don't. Amen. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, that day of Christ shall not come, except there come a falling away first. See, here's what the deal is. They were saying that the day of Christ is the rapture. Now stay with me here. They're saying, okay, that day cannot come except except there come a fallen away first and the man of sin be revealed. What would that do? That would put the rapture after. The Antichrist comes on the scene that would put the rapture after uh, the tribulation period or at least during it. Big problem. And you go to try to teach that or or put that out. and You don't have that straightened out. Somebody will say, well, you're not being consistent there. Now, you may not mean I hope it doesn't mean much to you, but I have to kind of watch those things because if I see something, I say, right, it can't be right. I'm gonna be honest with myself and say, okay, I may not understand it, but I'm gonna try to at least study it out, figure out what it is. I studied it out, I looked at every phrase in the Bible, day of Christ, day of the Lord, day of the Lord Jesus Christ, looked it all up. And I am just being honest with you tonight, I'm right on it. As you can say through Reggie, you, you're awful bold about that. No, when I'm right, I don't care say I'm right. If I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. Or I don't know, I don't know. But this here, I know what I'm talking about. And what I don't appreciate, the reason this is big to me, I'm sick, sick, sick of people saying, oh, that's a bad translation. That shouldn't have said that there. They mistranslated that. That's what gets me. That's why it's important to me. Because if that's mistranslated, how about John 3, 16? How about Genesis 1, 1? They got it wrong. It's not right. And that's why it's a big issue to me. Okay. Now let's get back into the main thing there. Verse number four, talking about the man of sin, underline that. Let's just, first of all, underline day of Christ. And then verse number three, underline that day. And then I would underline a falling away first. We're talk about the falling away and the man of sin. There's one of the descriptions of the Antichrist, be revealed, the son of perdition. That's another title that he's given in this passage of scripture. So there's just a lot right there in one verse about the Antichrist. Verse number four, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. So he tells you about what he, what's on, what his attitude is, what he's up to or that is worshiped, so that he, as God, and here's a big issue, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So it's telling you the program and the plans of the Antichrist. Now let me just say in brief here, here's what the deal is. From the get-go, Satan has wanted to usurp God Almighty. He's wanted to dethrone God from the get-go. And the whole issue about your life and mine today is about people out here, and, and the, the battle is who's going to rule on your throne? Yeah. Who's going to who's going to sit on the throne of this temple? Yeah. That's the whole battle. Amen. And if Jesus is not on your throne, Satan will be on your throne. That's just all, all is about it. So he's but this is a literal temple in Jerusalem, okay? It's been rebuilt. Verse number five, remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So what he's doing is reaffirming the truth that this letter they had gotten had kind of got a messed up on. Verse number six, and now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed. Okay. In his time. He's going to have a time. There's a time that God has given the Antichrist on this earth. But he said you know what withholdeth. What's withholding? Then verse number seven says, for the mystery of iniquity, underline it. There is the mystery of godliness in the Bible and there's the mystery of iniquity. We'll be talking about these two things later. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. The spirit of Antichrist has always been Since Jesus Christ, the Bible teaches you that in places about the spirit of antichrist, authority work and so forth. John talks about the antichrist. There are many antichrists, but here we're talking about the beast in particular, the mystery of iniquity doth authority work. Now we're going to hit here a difficult passage or a passage that people disagree on a lot. I want you to pay attention to me. I want you to get this. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Mm -hmm. Who is that? This is the Holy Spirit. It's a person, he. And the Holy Spirit is a restrainer against the Antichrist moving forward with his program. God is holding him back by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I personally believe that when the church is taken out, this is talking here, referring to the when the church is taken out, that at that point, he will step back as that restrainer of this Overflow of the Holy of the Antichrist in the world, he who letteth will let until he be what? Taken out of the way. And the Holy Spirit's going to be removed in the sense of as a restrainer against the power of the Antichrist. And it'll be open season for the devil on this earth. Amen. Verse number eight, and then, and then, when, after he who letteth is taken out, in other words, after the rapture. And then that wicked shall that wicked be revealed. So what does that teach you? Now, there are people who do not believe that the he that letteth will let is the Holy Ghost. But I can tell you why they don't believe it. Because they don't believe in a pre-tribulational rapture to start with. So they, they, they attack that verse because of what it teaches. They've got to get that verse out of the way to justify the church going through the tribulation. Okay? That's why there's a disagreement. I'll just tell you. You, again, people will take verses, and if it don't fit their theology, they'll take and twist it out and get it to where, you know, I'll I just be, yes, brother. Why is wicked because the person, it's a pers- personage, the personage, the Antichrist, the beast. There's he, Actually, he's he's called the man of sin. He's called the son of perdition here in this text. He's called the wicked in this passage of scripture. Whom, and so what it's saying is, so he who letteth. To he be taken out of the way, then shall the man of sin be revealed. The wicked shall be revealed. All right. Write down Revelation chapter six right here. All right. Okay. Now, and uh, so we could be revealed. And what's going to happen to this? Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. If you look back in chapter one of this t- text is telling you from verse number seven through verse number nine, it tells you of this event. This coming of Jesus Christ here, this wicked one, capital W, this son of perdition, this uh, m- m- man of sin, the Antichrist, the beast, he's got a lot of different titles, will be destroyed and, God, and Paul wants them to know that. Okay, God's going to take care of this thing. Don't, don't get scared. Don't get shaken in your mind. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. If I believe for a moment <clears throat> that I was going to go through the tribulation period and that my salvation depended on whether I took the mark of the beast or not and all that kind of stuff, I want to tell you something. I don't know if I can sleep tonight. Amen. God does not want, he said he have, in first Thessalonians, he told you, He do not, we hath not appointed us to wrath. Amen. He has not appointed Jesus, when he died for me and I received him as my savior, the wrath of God on me was removed Amen. both, both temporally and eternally. Amen. God, Jesus, Jesus took my punishment. He took God's wrath against my sin. And that wrath is no longer on us. And now here's what religion will do. It'll bring it, try to set it back on you, shake you up in your mind and trouble you so you don't have any peace and you're just boogered about everything. And, you're, and, and by the way, there's a thousand preachers who just love to get congregations all shook up and just all worried about the Antichrist. I don't even like preach on the rascal. That's why I preached on Christ this morning because the Bible talks about Christ first, the Antichrist second, amen. God doesn't want me focusing on him and living in fear about the Antichrist. I'm going to keep my mind on Jesus, amen. He's going to take care of him. What's Paul telling them? Jesus is going to take care of him. Don't worry about it. Not for you to worry about, but he does. You say, Reggie, why am I preaching this? I'm preaching this because it's in the Bible. That's what I'm doing. Now, so he goes ahead and says, uh, verse number He'll destroy the brightness of his coming there in the latter part of the verse number eight. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. So what does that tell you? There's a difference between the Antichrist and Satan in Revelation, I'll show you that. With all, watch this, here's something you know, with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now I'm blow some of you out of the saddle. God never, uh, Catherine Kuhlman was a false prophetess. Amen. You don't like that, I can't help it. Well, y'all got quiet on me there. It'll help you. All the, uh, what's her name up here in St. Louis? Joyce Meyer. She's as false as a $3 bill. Amen. You follow her, you better wake up. Amen. I read the other day about this. Oh, one of them Pentecostal women that did all that stuff for years and years. You know what? She admitted herself that for about 10 or 12 years, she would not start preaching because she knew the Bible said she wasn't supposed to. But she finally convinced herself that God gave her kind of an out on that. So she started preaching. I, I'm just gonna be real honest with you. Don't follow no woman preacher. Amen. They've not been called to preach. I'm sorry. Amen. That's just Bible. I want to you know, and I, I'm just being honest with you. But here's what I'm getting to: when that thing power and signs and lying wonders, if you follow all that stuff, they're always got somebody quote getting healed. I want to tell you something. There were some people that went to this church. They moved to Branson down. It went to one of these kind of deals: signs and wonders churches. Okay. And every Sunday, they'd have the slaying in the spirit deal. Slaying in the spirit. And they got started there. They, this, they told me this own mouth said, Reggie, that's when we left out. She said, we, I was working in the nursery. And they come back, running back here, somebody said, the preacher said, for you to get up there, uh, said to be slaying in the spirit. Said, somebody's not here, and we need some more people up there to be slaying in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> now, folks, that ain't right. That's putting on the dog. But let me just tell you about what he is telling you here that this antichrist is going to be able to perform signs and wonders and he's going to have a lot of power. Your Bible said that the just, the saved people shall live by faith not by signs and not by wonders. And I want to warn young people here, you stay away from all the signs and big deals and all that kind of stuff. I'm telling you, there's all kinds of junk going on. I can tell you story after story after story how eventually that stuff surfaces out and you find out it was a racket, they had people spotted in the crowds and all that kind of stuff. I'm gonna tell you something, I'm gonna love Jesus. If I I get cancer and die, I'm still gonna love him, amen? He don't have to heal me to make me love him. By the way, the healing—the ultimate healing—is a resurrected, glorified body that'll never know sin again. That's the healing I'm looking forward to. Amen. Amen. Anyway, well, boy, I don't know how I got off on all that. I need—I need to keep trucking here. Now I'm going to take, put up John 5:43, Brother Joel. Through John 5:43. I will tell you what, this ain't going to work. I should have been five miles down the road, and I'm still—I'm still getting started. 5:43. I want you to know something. Jesus said. I am come in my father's name and you receive me not. Yeah. If another come in his own name, him you will receive. That's a prophecy. That's a prophecy that they rejected Jesus and be, watch this. Because they rejected Jesus, they'll receive another. Yeah. Right. All right. Now let's go back to your text there in 2 in, uh, in Thessalonians chapter 2. You watch this. Verse uh, number uh, 10. Yeah. And with all what? Deceivableness, Deceivableness. <coughs> of unrighteousness in them that perish. Why, because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, what cause? They rejected the truth, would not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, would not receive it. God shall send them something, what? True. Strong delusion. I will tell you, I believe that's already in process. Amen. There is such delusion in this country. It is crazy. I mean, how in the world can they come up with that? How can they believe that garbage? Right. That, ain't about, that they should believe something. What? A lie. a lie. God says, you reject me. That rejection is not just going to set their idol. Right. From that rejection, I will send you strong delusion and you'll believe a lie. Verse number 12, that they, what? All might be what? Damn. Damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Lord, help me to preach fast tonight in Jesus' name. Now, uh, we went through some of the uh, sequence of the events, the last days, uh, with rapture of the church, the tribulation period, the second coming of Jesus Christ, thousand year reign, and Satan bound and let, let out after that, and of course, and then going on to the great, the great white throne judgment there. There's related scriptures, if you want to write these down, in Revelation chapter 13. uh, uh, Revelation 13, 18 is actually the scripture that gives you the number about the beast. That's in verse 18, which are three sixes. We'll be looking at some things pretty soon. Revelation chapter six, uh, Daniel chapter seven, Daniel chapter 11. These are passages of scripture about the Antichrist in the Bible. Now, I want to just... uh, First of all, talk about the forerunners of the Antichrist. The the Lord Jesus Christ has many forerunners in the Old Testament. Adam is, Abel is, Noah is, Moses is, David is, Joseph is. There's these forerunners. They're foreshadows of Jesus Christ. The Antichrist has the same thing. I'll give you a few of them. Uh, but first of all, let me say the Antichrist is, is mentioned there in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, when it talks about the serpent seed. What is the serpent seed? It's the Antichrist, okay, the substitute Christ. Now, Cain is a picture of the Antichrist in that he's a murderer. The Antichrist is a murderer. First John chapter 3, verse number 12, if you want to write that down. We're not going to go there, but that's a passage of scripture on he is a picture of the Antichrist in that he hates the real Christ, the blood sacrifice of which Abel is a picture of. Nimrod is a picture of the Antichrist in that he started the first one world government. And this Antichrist will start a one world government. We're moving toward globalism right now. A recent poll they just said the 18, the 18-year-olds, 18 to 28-year-olds in the United States of America, the majority of them are not patriotic nationalists. They believe in a globalist society. What is that? That is a preparation of a generation to receive to not to not be national. In other words, we have a country and we have a constitution. They're going to be part of the globe. They're teaching kids to be part of the global community. This is setting people up for for the Antichrist. We don't care. We don't care if America's taxed. We don't care if America is invaded because we don't believe in a national borders. We don't believe in a national constitution. We wanna be part of the global community and they feel real self-righteous about that. Korah is a picture of uh, the Antichrist in his rebellion against Moses. Uh, Balaam is a picture in the Old Testament of the Antichrist in that he cursed Israel. Saul is a picture of the Antichrist because he intruded into the priest's office. This is what the Antichrist is gonna do. So all the way through the Old Testament, you have the, light, the foreshadows of Jesus Christ, but you also have the foreshadows of the Antichrist moving through the Old Testament. Goliath is a picture of the, one of the most prominent pictures of the Antichrist in the Old Testament. He, had a six, he was six cubits high, he had six pieces of armor, and a spear that weighed 600 shekels. He's a 666 in the Old Testament. He is a picture of the Antichrist. And of course, David is a picture of Christ himself. Uh, Solomon, I do not understand this, I can't connect this, but Solomon's throne is a 666. You can go back and read it in 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 14 through 20, and I'm telling you, Solomon somehow or another is a foreshadow of the Antichrist, and that's a wild situation, but I'm telling you, he's one of the main 666 characters in the Bible, and I wished I understood all that. I don't know, I'll tell you out front, I don't know, but I can tell you this, I can count numbers, And I can tell you this much that Solomon turned, he was a Baal worshiper before it all got over with. Jeroboam is a picture of the Antichrist and he created a substitute religion. And that's exactly what the Antichrist is gonna do. Sennacherib is a picture of the Antichrist in his effort to destroy Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar is one of the biggest pictures over there in his, remember what he made, what did he do? He made an image and everybody had to bow down to it on penalty of death. You remember that there's three sixes. there's a 666 in that image. That's back over in Daniel chapter three. He was 60 cubits high. He was six cubits wide, and there were six musical instruments that played while you bowed to him. Boy, there's a mountain of evidence in there. Music was very instrumental in the worship of the foreshadow of an Antichrist in the Old Testament. Music is being very much used to prepare people for the worship of the Antichrist. I am telling you something, music is worship don't ever forget that music is worship. And if you're not involved in music that honors and glorifies the, the Lord Jesus Christ in agreement with the Word of God and in agreement with the Spirit of God, you're involved in satanic worship. I don't care if it's country western, I don't care if it's rock and roll, I don't care if it's contemporary Christian, if it's not biblical and it doesn't have the Spirit of God upon it and it has the Spirit of the world or came out of the world, it is satanic music and it will lead you and it has power to affect you, say, But the Bible's very clear that the Antichrist will have music. There's a 666 there with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. By the way, it was the three Hebrew children that were thrown into the fiery furnace because they wouldn't bow. During the tribulation period, saved Jews will not bow. They will not bow to the Antichrist and they will not take the the, uh, uh, mark of the beast. And they're going to go through the fiery furnace of persecution. But Jesus was with them in the fire and he'll be with them as they go go through the fires of the tribulation period is all a foreshadowing of prophecy concerning the tribulation period. Haman in the book of Esther is a picture of the Antichrist in that he, his desire to kill and destroy all the Jews. The Antiochus Epiphanes was a picture of the Antichrist in that he defiled the temple with the abomination of desolation by putting a hog on the altar. We've talked about the mystery of godliness a while ago in 1 Timothy chapter 369. The mystery of godliness is God in the flesh. God incarnate. He took God, came in, in the flesh. That's the mystery of godliness. The mystery of iniquity is Satan in the flesh. And the, Satan, uh, and that will be there'll be an incarnation. Now listen, we're getting ready to go. Everything that Jesus does, Satan imitates. Yeah. And if you don't know your Bible, people will be fooled. That's why Satan is taking people away from the Word of God so they have no clue what's going on, and they will follow like sheep to the slaughter because they don't know the difference. They will think, now listen to me right now, they will think the Antichrist is the Christ. So much so they'll be willing to die for him. And they won't know the difference because they won't, they will not and have not read their Bible, and we've let the Bible get perverted, and they won't have any means or way unless they go back to the Word of God. Now, so the mystery of iniquity is Satan in the flesh. It's a, super by the way, a supernatural conception. Yes, sir. I'm telling you something, all this AI stuff, and all this stuff you're seeing, and this hasn't been just going on, Johnny come lately. Back when the rock and roll movement started in this country was as satanic as it can possibly be. This is why I hate it in churches. Back in the rock and roll movement, they had uh, had the, uh, you literally had album covers that showed, uh, that were taught, and how many members of the movie, Rosemary's Baby? Anybody remember that? That was a satanic conception of a satanic child born of a woman. And I personally believe that the Antichrist will be be Satan in the flesh. The Antichrist, all right? Let me give you some imitations of the Antichrist. Does Christ have a church? Yes, he does. Well, how about the Antichrist? The Bible said in Revelation that the synagogue of Satan. Does Christ have a bride? Yes, he does. Satan has a bride, but it's called the harlot church in the book of Revelation. Does Christ have a cup of fellowship? Yes, he does. The Bible says there's a cup of communion with Satan and devils, the Bible says. A fellowship, Christ, does Christ, did Christ have an earthly ministry of three and a half years? Yes, he did. Satan will, ha- the Antichrist will have a ministry of three and a half years. During the- that's why the book of Job has 42 chapters in it. 42 is three and a half years. Job is a picture of Israel going through the tribulation period, amen. that's what it's all about. Right. It's a prophetic picture of a real event in history, but it had a prophetic. Let me tell you something, we got a God that's so smart, he's so wise, I, mean, I, can't, even, I can't even grasp him, yeah. amen. Uh, is there, God is a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The Bible teaches Revelation 20 verse number 10 that there'll be a dragon, the beast and the false prophet. There is a satanic trinity during this time at work. Christ is worshiped and that's exactly what Antichrist will do and if you do not bow and worship him, you will lose your life. I personally believe, does Christ have a Bible? I believe Satan will have his Bible. They're talking about letting AI write a brand new Bible right now. A Bible that will be for the world. Get ready. Now listen to me tonight, I'm not trying to put spook in you. If you're saved, and you love the Lord. Now let me tell you, tell you something about my wife, she don't like me ever mention her from the poll, but I remember my wife saying one time that when she was, before she was married, she kinda hoped Jesus wouldn't come until she got married and had a family. <laughs> I understand that. You know, you that's okay, it's all right. But let me just tell you something. Whether you like it or not, you're living in the last days. Yeah. You, are, you are living in the last days. I don't know when the Lord Jesus will coming or not, but I'm just telling you this, you better get yourself biblically prepared and biblically aware of what's going on, okay? Now, in John six, I'll show you some contrast between them because there's not just comparisons, there's contrast. In John six thirty eight. Christ, the Bible says Christ came from above. But in Revelation eleven seven, seven, the Antichrist comes from beneath. John 5, 43, Jesus comes in his father's name. Antichrist comes in his own name. In Philippians 2, 8, Christ humbles himself, but the Antichrist in Second Thessalonians 2, 4 exalts himself. Isaiah 53 Christ was despised and rejected of this world but the antichrist will be admired and received by this world. Philippians 2 Christ will one day be exalted but the antichrist will one day be put down to hell. John 6:38 Jesus came to do his father's will but in Daniel 11:36 the antichrist comes to do his own will. In Luke 19:10 Jesus comes to seek and to save that which is lost but in Daniel chapter 8:24 the antichrist comes to destroy People's lives. In John chapter 10, Jesus is called the Good Shepherd, but in Zechariah chapter 11, the Antichrist is called the Idol Shepherd. In Revelation 4 and 5, Jesus has a throne of glory, but in Revelation 2:13, the Antichrist has Satan's seat. In John 15:1, Christ is the true Vine, but in Revelation 4:18, the Antichrist is described as the Vine of the Earth. John 14:6, Jesus Christ is called the truth, but in our text tonight, in 2 Thessalonians 2:11, the Antichrist is called the lie. In Mark 1: 124, Jesus is called the Holy One. In 2 Thessalonians 2:8 we read in our text, he's called the wicked one. In Isaiah 53 in verse number four, Christ is called the man of sorrows. But in Second Thessalonians here, Antichrist is called the man of sin. In Luke 1:35 Christ is called the only begotten Son of God. In 2 Thessalonians, our our text 2.3, the Antichrist is called the son of perdition. In 1 Timothy 3.16, Christ is called the, the mystery of godliness. And, but in 2 Thessalonians 2.7, our text, the Antichrist is called the mystery of iniquity. Uh, in H- Revelation 13, Jesus Christ, we know from the Gospels, was resurrected, right? He was killed and resurrected. In Revelation 13, verse 3, there, the Bible teaches the Antichrist is going to be killed and resurrected. He will have a resurrection. You're not talking about little stuff here, folks. You're talking about, about power that can change people's minds and make them stand in awe and fall down and worship. Yep. Yep. Revelation 19, Christ comes on a white horse. Yep. But in Revelation 6, where the tribulation starts, the Antichrist comes on a white horse. Yep, right. You better know who's on the horse. Yep. You better know who's on the horse. Yep. Christ was hung on a tree, and there was somebody who was hung. His name is Judas. The Antichrist will be the greatest deceiver and imitator this world's ever seen. People will believe he is absolutely God in the flesh and will worship him. That's what that text taught you tonight. John 17, 12, what about Judas? Now let me say something to you tonight. I am not saying this, that I know this for a fact, and like I told you, I'll be honest with you when I don't know something for but I want to tell you there's some strong indication that Judas will be the Antichrist, and I'm going to show you why out of the Bible. That's not just objectionary thinking. In John 17, 12, Judas is called the son of perdition. There's only two times in the Bible that anybody's called the son of perdition, and Judas was called the son of perdition, and in your text tonight, the Antichrist is called the son of perdition. The only two people in the Bible ever called the son of perdition. In John chapter six and verse 70 and 71, Jesus speaking to Judas said, one of you is a devil, not devils, not you have devils in you. He's one of you is a devil. Now the Bible says Satan entered into him, but he called him a devil. Only place in the scripture that it said of human being that they were called a devil and that was by our Lord Jesus Christ to Judas. In Acts chapter 125, it says a very interesting thing about Judas. It says he went to his own place. Hmm. Judas had remorse and repentance, but no forgiveness. Revelation 17:8 says that the beast was and is and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Judas was and is not now. Where is he at? In hell. In hell. He's in the pit. And the Bible says he will ascend out of the pit. This is why I tend to think that that Judas may be a a resurrected and mystery of godliness, Satan in the flesh. I don't know that for certain. What I am telling you, there's some very strong and and unusual references between Judas and the Antichrist. What is the program of the Antichrist? First of all, it will be globalization. This is why the UN came into, into existence about the time that the nation of Israel was reborn. You say, "What will the Antichrist be like?" First of all, the Bible teaches in Daniel eight twenty three that he will be an intellectual genius. Did you know people admire uh, intellectualism? Yeah. I mean, you, the whole world lifts up professor so and so and doctor so and so and that name tag, and that's kind of knowledge puffs up. And he will be brilliant. The Bible teaches he'll be an intellectual genius. Daniel eleven thirty six says teaches that he'll be an oratorical genius. He'll be able to speak and people will be awed by his speaking and his intellect. He's also in Revelation 13 and Daniel chapter 11, an economic and commercial genius. Now I want to say something to you. I know we've got an election going on and we need to occupy it till the Lord comes back. But there's a raw truth tonight and I wished I had the figures in front of me. I was going to write them down. But there's an article out this week about the debt of the United States. We are not even paying on the principal, we can't. We are literally trying to pay against the interest that we owe. This is unsustainable. I don't know when the, car, the, call, the call of the debt's going to come, but when it comes, which I personally believe it will be probably, at this point of economic collapse where people will be ready for a world ruler to take control because when America goes down economically, the whole world's gonna go in economically with it. Promise you that. We cannot pay our debt and we cannot even pay the interest on our debt. Our national debt has doubled, I believe, since 2022. Doubled. We are, when the COVID deal hit, We printed money and went in debt like nobody's business to try to hold the economic basket up. Economics and the Antichrist are intertwined. And he will be a problem solver for all the economic powers of this country. And there's gonna be some things brought into that. And one of them is that no man will be able to buy nor sell without his mark. And there'll be a globalization of the economy. And he will come in with the idea that he's gonna produce equality among all men. There will be no more third world countries and no more economic powerhouse companies. He will be a Christ, a man who brings equality and justice and equity to this world finally. I'm telling you, if you don't know the real Christ, the Bible says It's so deceptive that if it were possible, he would deceive the very elect. That's powerful. He'll not only be an intellectual and oratorical and economic genius, but he'll be a political genius. He will pull everything together. Hitler is like a prototype of him. Study Hitler's life and you'll see how the Antichrist works. And all he was—he was—he was an orator. They said that people would collapse and faint in awe of his speeches. Have you ever read German history? We'd dig down deep. People at his rallies would just go so into worship of him. The children—have you ever heard? Have you ever seen the old videos of the children worshiping him in the school classes? They worshipped him. They literally had songs that said, "Hitler is our leader. He is our God." They worshiped him in the classes over there. People would faint and women would scream and go crazy when he, when he, hey, if you want to know how stupid people are, just go look at the pictures of what girls did at the Beatle yeah. concerts. Wow. People go crazy. Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. He's a political genius, he'll pull all of it together and then uh, this is important, he will be a military genius. This is in Revelation thirteen four and Revelation chapter six, verse three and four. And he'll be a religious genius because he is, he is, he is Satan incarnate. And he, the idea will be, he'll be in the temple there and it will be to worship him. Now we can go to Matthew chapter 20. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24 and I want to try to keep trucking the night as much as I can. I, I, my problem about me is that, you know, I don't want to come to church with nothing, but see I can always come with too much. I don't know can't get it all in. Matthew chapter 24. When you're at verse number nine, you're beginning in what I believe is the first first three and a half years of the tribulation. But when you get to verse 15, you get to verse 15, this is when the Antichrist, now let me just say, give you a little bit of something here. The Antichrist is going to make a covenant with Israel. They're going to rebuild the temple and he's going to as it were, kind of give them political and military protection This, all this stuff going on right now, this is the pre-show. Yes, sir. all the stuff you're seeing over right now with all the Muslims and Israel, stuff like that. And he's going to establish world peace, and Israel's going to have a place. He's going to make a covenant with them. At the middle, the, Daniel teaches, in the middle of the tribulation period, three and a half years, he's going to turn on Israel, and he's going to break that covenant and he's gonna to try to destroy them because he's Satan in the flesh and he knows who they are, the people of the seed of Christ, okay? Now, so he'll, he'll, he'll switch on them. Now, we get into Revelation, Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. Watch this statement, it says, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. This verse is at the midpoint of the tribulation, okay? When, when the Antichrist breaks his covenant with Israel and turns on them. And he'll be like Haman at that point. He's in t- he'll be intent on killing every Jew on the face of this earth. Let me just tell you something. Tonight. This is why I got no time. And I'm going to say this. Y'all may not like it. Too bad. There's a man that was attending this church who's been texting a lot of you people and sending you movies. You need, not, you need to, you need to get, get him off your text list. He's against Israel. Yeah. Some of you know who I'm talking about. I'm sorry about that. I hate it. But I'm your pastor. And I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not right, and I'm not putting up with it. As far as I'm concerned, he's in league with Hitler, he's in league with the Antichrist, he hates Israel. Not for it. You can believe what you want to believe, you have that freedom to do it, but not in this church, you don't. Now there's preachers do stuff besides pet sheep's heads. They do, they do run off wolves. That's right. Amen. And I'm not gonna have somebody here, here I am talking about the Antichrist tonight whose very goal is to destroy the nation of Israel, yeah. And you got people that is pro Hamas. <laughs> Unbelievable. 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 Yeah, exactly right. I'm like, I'm not putting up with it. And you believe what you want to, but that's not what I preach and believe. And I'm the pastor of this church and I'm not putting up with it. I'm not going to get mean. I'm not yeah. going to get hateful. I love you. If you're listening tonight or happen to listen to this, I still love you, but I ain't putting up with this. Right. And you're going around and you're texting all these people in church and I don't appreciate it. You're undermining the ministry of this church. It's not right. I ain't had to do this a long time, but about every four or five years, I have to have a little rojo. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not, I'm not mad at nobody, nothing like that. Just the honest truth. I just say, don't text me no more, or I'll just cut you off. Just get. Uh uh-uh. Ain't right. Somebody go around and say, Jesus ain't God, wants to come here and, and just go around t- trying to poison everybody and teach everybody. You think I should put up with that? No. no ain't right. And uh, as a father, that's the same way you want to protect your home and your family. I think that's the same way a pastor ought to be. I, I, want, to, I want to have soul liberty. I don't want to force anybody to believe nothing. God, God did that. But I'm just telling you, not in this church. Don't do it. Okay. And I'm just really strong on Israel. Amen. You say I know that Epstein was Jew. How many knows that? George Soros is Jew. There's a lot of wicked Jews in this world. Do you know that? That don't change one thing about what God said about that nation. A lot of wicked Gentiles too, I'm one of amen. Anyway, let me get off on that. So anyway, in verse number 15, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. Now I want you to go back to chapter uh, 24, and uh, I'm sorry, chapter 23 and verse 38. Now Jesus, in chapter 23, walks out of the temple with his disciples, and he said something in verse uh, 38 there, what is it, what do he say? Behold, your house, what, the temple, is what? Left desolate. What is desolate? Empty. Now listen to me tonight, this is really, this is deep stuff right here. They had rejected the God that was in the tabernacle. They had rejected the God that created them, the God that had led them out of Egypt. They had a temple there and they said, we don't want Jesus away with him Let his blood be upon us and our children. And he walked out of that temple that day, right there in Matthew 23, and he said, your house, that temple is left in you desolate. And from that point on, they had to play church. There are churches in America today, whom God left years ago, and people are still trying to prop it up and say we're having church. It's called Ichabod, the presence of the Lord has departed and it's left it desolate. Families can get this way, countries can get this way, but especially religious movements. And when Jesus walked out of that temple, he said, behold, your house is left unto you desolate. God was not in their temple. He comes over to Matthew 24. He's telling about the tribulation period. He said, when you watch this, when you see the abomination of desolation, which the, which the prophet Daniel spoke of, what did Daniel prophesy? That there would be a time when the temple was there, but God would not be in it, but it'd be worse than that. Satan would come in and sit on the throne where God should have been. What did God say in Second Thessalonians chapter two? He said, if you won't believe the truth, I'll send strong delusion. You'll believe a lie. You'll believe the Antichrist is Christ. Yeah. Because you wouldn't receive the truth. I'll let you be deceived. Yeah. And so he said, when you see this, what is he talking about? In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it talks about him sitting in the temple of God. Yeah. That's the abomination of desolation. Christ is not there. God is not there. But Satan is now in the place of God. And people are worshiping Satan as if he were God. Yeah. And they believe it. Yeah. Super delusion. Yeah. I'm going to live with you tonight, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to nothing, but I'm just going to tell you something. Without truth, I don't have anything. Amen. I have got to have truth. Amen. I want to know what I believe is the truth. Amen. Not halfway, and just maybe so just what Reggie said, I want to know, thus saith the Lord. Amen. I do not want to be fooled. Let me tell you something. One of these days, I'm going to close my eyes and take my last breath. breath. I'm going out into eternity. I do not want to be fooled about where I'm headed and who I place my faith and trust in. And I'll tell you what, I've I've anchored everything. I've anchored my eternity on this book and the Christ of this book, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fear that gets in me right now, I'm just being honest with you. I see people professing to be saved and churches claiming to be saved and they're just singing rock and roll music and they got the lights off and they got the band playing and they're all boogie woogie. And I'm going, where did this come from? It did not come from the Bible. I'm afraid they're producing false converts who will think they're saved, but they're lost. And if you talk to them about coming out of the world and the world system, they get mad at you and act like you're a legalist just because you think you ought to obey the word of God. You preach on modesty and you're a legalist just because you believe the word of God. They get mad at you because you believe what the Bible teaches, what on earth is going on in this country. I say it is a strong delusion. It is the great falling away. It is the apostasy that Jesus preached about that would happen in the last days. We're in it. And I just say tonight, I I personally, first of all, do not want to be deceived. I do not want to be deceived. And if I'm passing this church, you talk about making a man tremble. I'm going to stand before God. God Almighty, I'm going to stand and he's going to judge me for what I preached and how I led this church. And he's going to judge me not by just arbitrary judgment. He's going to take this book. They were judged out of the things written in the book. And I don't want to mislead you people. I'm very sensitive to that. I'm scared, I have fear and trembling. I'll tell you, it it, it scares me that I might preach something that would, I don't want to preach anything that would lead you wrong. If I do, I promise you, it's not on purpose. Amen. Anyway, so they've got the abomination of desolation. Look in verse 15, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in where the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand, go back and read Daniel, let them them which be in Judea flee in the mountains. Let him is on the housetop not come down, and take anything out of his house, neither let him take that which is in the field, return back, take his clothes. Woe unto them that are with child, to them that are given suck in those days. Now let me just tell you something right now. He is talking to the nation of Israel here, to the Jewish people specifically. Alright? Right. For then shall be what? There it is. Great tribulation. Right here. Right here. Such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall, nor ever shall be. That's going to be a bad time, folks. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. For the deluxe sake, those days shall be shortened. If any man say unto you, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show, what is it? Great signs and wonders. What did Second Thessalonians chapter two say? Signs and wonders. This is how he's going to fool people. This is what scares me about a lot of the religious stuff I see in America. People being geared up, they see something that appears to be a miracle and maybe is a miracle. Can I remind you that Pharaoh, who is a picture of, who's a type of Satan, his magicians, who would be a type of his spirit, were able to cause uh, uh, snakes to, what they, they threw the rods on the ground. And the sna- They were able to do what Aaron did. Yeah. Now, I want to tell you something, somebody come here tonight and throw a rod down, turn into a snake and then throw it, pick it back up. I said, woo. whoa, first of all, I'll be out of the church house. <laughs> I'd be like "Little old boy say, where are you on the door at? <laughs> Amen. But I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. What's that? What's God teaching us? That Satan is able to do things that just literally will shake. I mean, you go, good grief, alive! This has got to be from God. Yeah. Yeah. No, it don't mean it's from God. Amen. It does not mean it's from God. That they should deceive the very elect. Behold, I've told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. Believe it not. Why? And he's going to tell you how he's coming. Boy, I love this one. My This Write down, Revelation 19, verse 11 through 16, right here at Revelation 24, 27. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even to the west, so also shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. This is right here after the tri- at the end of the tribulation period. This is totally different than the rapture of the church. Alright, so he says there Immediately after the tribulation of those days So shall the to the Son of Man be For wherever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together That's Revelation chapter 19 Verses 17 and 18 Your corresponding scripture Immediately, verse 29, after the tribulation of those days Shall the sun be darkened, here you go And the moon shall not give her light The stars shall fall from heaven And the powers of heaven shall be shaken He said, don't you be shaken by somebody's letter Let me give you something that ought to shake you And I'll tell you what God's gonna do. At the end of this tribulation period, God is going to shut the lights off, shut them off. Genesis, he turned them on. In the tribulation, you know what man said? This is the consummation of a God-hating world. We don't want God in our country. We don't want God in our churches. We don't want the God of the Bible nowhere. Want God out. When you take God out, he is light. When you take light out, you got darkness. And dark, he said, you want darkness? You're going to get it. And the Bible teaches in the book of Revelation that the darkness is so much so that they nod their tongues because of the darkness. I've been in caves where they shut the lights off. I'm telling you, you lose all orientation of where you're at. And he is coming in great power and great glory. He has shut the lights off. Look what the Bible said here. And then, verse thirty, shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Right here, he's coming back again. This is Revelation chapter nine. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him is called faithful and true and righteous. He is judge and make war. Comes on down through there. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he treadeth the winepress of the wrath of Almighty God. That's the same passage of Scripture reading Matthew chapter 24 at the end of the tribulation period. And God's going to take care of the Antichrist. Amen. Amen. Verse number 31, He shall send his angels the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the one end of heaven to the other. Now, we're going to go, get on down through here. We're talking about the brand of hell. But here's what the deal is. The Antichrist is going to go in to the temple and he's gonna sit in God's seat and he's gonna have the world to worship him. That's what Revelation chapter 13 says, all the world worship him. Yeah. I wanna tell you something tonight. If you don't worship God, the, the Bible, you wind up worshiping the devil. Yeah. Let's talk for, this for a minute about the brand of hell. By the way, if you go back to Isaiah chapter 14, you read where Satan said, I will be like the most high. I will sit in the seat of the most high. I will, I mean, he just, he wanted to be God. That's always been his deal. What I call the brand of hell. Let's go to Revelation chapter 13 and I'll try to finish up here just not, in just not too long, okay? Now in Revelation 13, there's two beasts. One is the Antichrist and I believe the other is the false prophet. Okay, Um, but I just want to, I want to go through this. Revelation 13, and let's pick it up at verse number 16. Here's talked about, well, let's pick it up verse number um, 14. This corresponds with Matthew chapter 24, and deceiveth them, talking about the beast, uh, them that dwell on the earth by means of the miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast. Now, I never in my life till yesterday, studying, picked up something. How many remembers that in Romans chapter one, can anybody tell me what's going on in Romans chapter one? Just just have a little Bible study night. What's kind of the theme, what what do you really pick up heavy in Romans chapter one? Men with men, women with women, doing that which is against nature. It's one of the strongest chapters on sodomy and uh, homosexuality in the Bible. It's one of the most hated chapters because it's New Testament, not Old Testament. And boy, that really gets them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many knows that in Revelation, Romans chapter 1, it mentions an image? Yeah. And I picked that up this week, and I'm going to tell you what's going on. I believe with all my heart, you could, it's in Romans one twenty three. Somebody check that for me. Put up Romans 1.23. Let's see what we can get right there, all right? Just for a minute. I'm going to pick this up. Why would the Holy Ghost put the word image when he's talking about all these issues? There it is. And change the glory of the uncreated God into a what? I never picked that up before in my life. And here in the end time with the Antichrist, he's gonna do what? Have an image. What did Nebuchadnezzar have? An image. What are AIs? I'm just gonna tell you something. We're living in wild times. Let me just tell you this. We're approaching, we're approaching these events. I believe with all my heart. Anyway, I just wanted you to pick that up. Now, it's interesting to me that in the chapter that has more to say about it, about sodomy and perversion than any New Testament chapter there is. He, bring, he said they're going to change the concept of God into an image. You know what that tells me? That those, two, those issues are tied together. Yeah. Perversion and a worship of an image to imitate God. Verse number uh, 14 in, in Revelation, going back to verse, chapter 13, and verse 14, make an image to the beast, which had the wound by the sword and did live, talked about that earlier. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast. I, I just think it's interesting that all of a sudden pops up on our whole uh, world scene is this AI business, artificial intelligence, and they say, before this thing's over, it's gonna run the world. I mean, that's what they're, they're just out now saying it. I mean, it just seemed to me like everything's being geared up to fulfill what the Bible said. I don't, I don't you know. You can think what you want. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both, watch it, speak, and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So if you don't worship him, what? Yeah. Kill. And he causeth all not most, all this, that, that are there that submit, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. I do not know what that is. I just know what the Bible says. Let it alone, that's all I know. Okay, I just know this, that right now, that they, that I do, I do know this for a fact that there's, a, they do have these deals they're putting in their hand that you can withdraw your money, you can buy candy bars, you can walk up to a machine. They've got this deal over there, I forget in what European country, they put all this stuff to test now. And so that you don't have to carry a wallet, you don't have to carry cash, cashless society, and you have this chip in your, your hand and you just do all your transactions just by the wave of your hand. That's, that's, that's already in place right now in some places, okay? I don't know. And verse number 17, now this is powerful right here. Now, here's where I want to warn. If you're saved, you don't need to worry about this. Right. But if you're lost right now, I want you to know, so you say, well, I'll get saved in the tribulation period. No, I doubt it. If you won't worship God when you freely can, what makes you think you will when you're under threat of death? Right. And verse 17, that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here in his wisdom, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 603 score and six. Now there's been 150 or maybe thousands of people trying to figure this, out, what the number is, and they go back in history and do this kind of stuff. I don't really go for any of that, because I don't, I don't know. But here's what I am going to say, is that the reality of this thing is this, that you're not going to be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Now I want you to go to Revelation 14, And I want you to look at verse number nine with me. Revelation 14, verse number nine. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. You take the mark You've got the brand of hell on you. In the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Look at verse number 11. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. That's why eternal punishment is not annihilation. It is eternal punishment. It goes on and on and on and on into eternity. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. I am just telling you something, folks, if you ain't saved, you better get saved. You better get, I, I, you say, oh, you're just a preacher up here preaching what you think, you know, I'm preaching the Bible. I I can look around. I can see clouds coming over the the hill. I can hear thunder. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you something tonight, Karen and I took off from home and to go over to Don Zinn's to see him and Sheila pray for them. and deer. How many, how many seen any deer on the way to church tonight? Anybody see any deer on the way to church? They were everywhere. What are they doing out tonight? Anybody notice? I An mean, unusual number, and I'm not joking. I watched this. I just, that's kind of something I enjoyed doing. They know that tomorrow morning, there's a storm. they know tonight there's a storm coming, and they're, fixing, they're filling their belly so they can go back and bed down and, and go through the storm. That's what they're doing. It's always marveled me how animals can tell. A turtle knows when it's going to rain. How many of those turtles know when it's going to rain? How do they know that? I don't know. God just put it in them. Right? But they're smarter than I am. That'll humble you when you know a turtle smarter than you are. Because I don't know it's going to rain until the turtles start crossing the road. I am start driving, turtles go, it's going to rain. And it will. They know. Now, Jesus told those people, he said, you can, you can discern the weather. Yes. Why can't you discern the signs of the times? You know, in other words, you see what's coming. That's where I believe we're at. Well, uh, I don't want to bore you or, 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 or get anything long, but let me just say this to you. If you're here, you won't be able to take your child to the dentist without the mark. You won't be able to go to town, buy groceries. You won't be able to, you can say, Oh, I'm going to live off grid. Help yourself. You can't buy seeds to plant a garden. Well, I know you got it all stored up for everything. i hey, don't plan on staying here, plan on going out of here, Amen. all right? I, I believe in being prepared, don't get me wrong, I, I believe in general and, and reasonable preparedness. I do, I'm not against that. And God teaches to lay up and store and so forth like that, but not in the sense of, oh, I'm gonna make it through, because uh, I'm just telling you right now, you won't be able to buy gas, yeah. you won't buy anything without the mark of the beast, and you won't be able to sell anything you take your cattle to town to be sold, you're gonna have to have the mark of the beast. Yeah. You go to buy a hamburger, you're gonna need the mark of the beast. Yeah. You wanna go get, you got a toothache, you wanna go to the dentist, I mean you're, you're dying in pain, you're gonna have to have the mark of the beast. Yeah. And you take that mark of the beast and you're done forever. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's just what your Bible just got through teaching you. Right. So if you don't get saved and you don't go out here and you're going through here, all I can tell you is be ready to die for believing in Christ. Be ready to die for your faith just build, I'm just being honest with you because that's what your Bible teaches there. Well, there is so much more, but I'm glad to tell you this, that the beast is going to be cast into the lake of fire. And uh, the false prophet, and then later on after the thousand year reign, Satan will be cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. And we on the winning side. Amen. Amen. We're on the winning side. And I'll tell you right now, so don't be shaken. You come up here and I say, well, the only reason you should be shaken if you're not saved. But God wants you to know Christ will ultimately triumph He is coming in great power and great glory and he will conquer all his enemies. He will take vengeance upon them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope this has been a blessing to you and um, I hope that uh, if you're not saved and you're on your pillow tonight and you know you're not saved or you're not sure that you're saved, you know what I would do? I I wouldn't put a blink of my eye till I knew I was in the safe in the arms of Jesus. Amen. And I'm glad to be able to preach to you tonight. I'm glad that God has told us what's coming in the future. I'm glad I'm not walking blind toward eternity. Amen. God's told us, amen? amen? Well, it's 8.30 and I'll tell you what, I was tired to preach this until the ice came, but I guess it's, we're gonna have to go home anyway. <laughs> Love y'all, appreciate your patience putting up with me, but I, this, we're there, that's where we're at. Second Thessalonians chapter two, one of the biggest chapters on the Antichrist in the Bible. And by the way, I don't know everything. I don't know much. I go back to the book of Daniel and I tell you what, I've, I've studied and I've read and Daniel still confuses me. I still can't bring all the horns in line. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. I mean, I just can't, I go to the book of Revelation, I still can't get it all connected together. But if God wants me to understand it, maybe someday I will. But right now I just, I don't have it all together. But I got enough together to know the general pattern of what's gonna happen and I'm I'm just, I have no doubt about it. I really don't have any doubt about it. Not mad at anybody don't believe like I do, I just think they're wrong. <laughs> you know, I, and I don't say that in pride, amen. I really don't. I say it humbly tonight, but I want to be right about this, amen? amen. Right. I, I'm not praying to Mary. Amen. That's wrong. Yep. I, I'm, I don't want to be mistaken. You know, my ancestors were Catholic, Irish Catholic and German Catholic. Yep. And I had, according to our family history, I had a I had a, a ancestor that was a Catholic priest, who was saved, and hunted by the Catholic Church, because of his stand against, uh, you know, the issues and so forth. And uh, just to be honest with you, not I have a, I have a, a genuine love for Catholic people because I'm thankful somebody gave my people the gospel of Jesus Christ, and probably in your background it's back there too somewhere. Yes. It might not have been Catholicism. It might have been something else. But somebody gave you the gospel, and I'm thankful for that tonight. And we need to love people that maybe don't know the truth and there's not you know, intentionally nothing like that. Have a good attitude toward them. Amen? Amen. Amen. And love them. Um, I, I, I want to throw something at you before we go home. I've been, me and Karen does our Bible reading. And I want you to pray for me about this because the Lord really pulled something out of me in Scripture this week. The Apostle Paul in the book of Acts was preaching in Ephesus where the great goddess Diana was worshiped by all the Ephesians, right? Mm-hmm. right. And they arrested Paul. They brought him before the magistrate. And when the magistrate got done, he said some things. very interesting. One of the things he said was, he has not spoken against her. Uh, you ought to look it up. I think it's in Acts. What is it, seventeen, eighteen, in there? Do you know what the apostle Paul preached? Christ, but he didn't. He didn't slam Diana. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And it says so in there. That's right. And God kind of spoke to me. says, Reggie, be sure you preach Christ. That's right. That's what people need to hear. That's right. He didn't go in there saying, that Diana, she's a false goddess. Don't you stupid people know that? Yeah. Now there's something to that. And I want to learn that. I want to have wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so God kind of, I think God kind of said to me, Reggie, <clears throat> you can talk about Mormonism. You can talk about Jehovah's Witnesses. You can talk about false religions all you want to, but those people believe that. Right. And you slamming their belief can maybe flip them against the gospel. That's right. That's right. So use wisdom in that. Yep. And when it came down to it, Paul, uh, that magistrate said, Paul, did, Paul didn't slam your, your goddess. Nope. So you got nothing to bring against him. Right. He preached Christ crucified and risen from the dead. Right. Now, do, here's what I want to tell you. I believe we ought to preach against false doctrine. Right. Yeah. The Bible teaches that. Right. But be careful that we don't give Satan advantage to block somebody off just because of offending them for their prior beliefs. I will tell you this, whenever, uh, when I got saved, I believed you could lose your salvation, and I believed it super strong. And if you came up to me and said, well, you're an idiot, believe you can lose your salvation, ain't you got no sense? You'd lost me. There's probably nothing you could have said. Yeah. You, you, you likely would have locked me up in a false doctrine just because you went against, you come against me in a way Slamming me for, for what I believed and was sincerely, although I was wrong, I was sincerely wrong. So I would say to us, let's, uh, uh, I just, I don't know, thought maybe that might be helpful somebody. Yep. You know, just give them Christ and what he did and that he's the only way. Yep. And let the Holy Spirit, you know, and don't, and don't be afraid to expose false doctrine. <clears throat> but if we slam them, because a lot of people hold dearly their religious beliefs, you know, even though they're wrong, even though they're wrong and not biblical and uh, I'm glad that God was long-suffering with me and uh, worked with me and showed me. I was so stubborn, I literally told God when he was dealing with me, I ain't nobody in the world changing me, you'll have to do it. That's just how stubborn I was. I just was stubborn, I was just, man, I, you know. But boy, I kept reading his word and he kept showing me. Uh, he kept reading his word and he kept showing me. And finally, I just stood wide and said, God, it's it, 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 if it's not you, I'm lost anyway. Amen. Let's just let's, let's go home. What, what are you saying tonight?